Welcome to Get Your Book Done. I'm your host, Christine Closer, a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author, award-winning publisher, and book writing coach to thousands. I love helping aspiring nonfiction authors write, publish, and promote their best books because there's nothing more powerful than writing a book to transform your life, your readers' lives, your business, and ultimately the world with your message. So let's get started. Welcome to today's episode. I am so excited not only for the topic today on time to fly, because I know all of you, and if you're listening to this podcast in one way, shape, or form, you definitely want to fly in your life um, and have your message fly further into more people's lives, but also the story um, of our incredible guest today, Eileen Robertson-Hamra. You might need your tissues today. I don't know. It's possible. Um, but yeah, we're going to have an incredible conversation and you will absolutely definitely feel connected like that it is time to fly. Um, no matter what is going on in your life with your book, um, in the world, um, as we live in this world that we're living in today, right? So anyway, uh, let me officially introduce you to Eileen. Eileen is someone whose reality, at least as she perceived it, instantly altered that the moment that authorities confirmed that the plane that her husband was piloting, like literally, it was right here in the town that I live in in York, I remember this incident, um, that the plane crashed and he had not survived. Now, in the process of mourning her loss with three young children in tow, is where Eileen wandered and landed. Like It was just a path of miracles, if you can believe that, coming out of that tremendous tragedy. And between these valleys of grief and the peaks of hope, she discovered that keeping promises to those that have left this world is a lifelong act. And honoring one love also doesn't mean forgoing the freedom and the joy that is found in reopening your heart, trusting in new love, and expanding your definition of family. And her new book, of course, is titled Time to Fly, shares her story, her insights, and more. And uh, today we're going to talk about that book writing journey, which truly is a life journey, um, as I think it is for most authors, but per- particularly, I think, for an author who's gone through what Eileen has. So welcome, Eileen, to the show. I am just delighted that you're here with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's really great to reconnect with you. Yeah, it's been a little while. It's been yeah. a little while. So it is. It's, it's, it's awesome to talk with you as well. So I love to always begin by asking, like, you know, what led you to authorship? How did this happen for you to now be the publisher of, you know, the author of the published book, Time to Fly? Okay. So I'll be authentic. I never dreamed of being an author. That was not a childhood dream. I have my undergraduate degree in management science and MBA in finance and like numbers and bullets. And that was way more uh, my comfort. So um, unfortunately, my husband died and you shared a bit about that. And in the aftermath of that, I would share stories about what I was experiencing and people were like, oh my God, you got to write a book. One of the stories I would share was um, just to give an insight into sort of the miracles that I was experiencing. So right in your hometown in York, after Brian passed, there was um, a pilot funeral director named Al Cooner who reached out to me um, and asked if he could cover all of the funeral expenses. Mm. I was like, whoa. And then he introduced me to someone to help me plan the celebration of life. And 
recommended this museum in Baltimore that's a business museum and Brian was a business entrepreneur and it had a plane hanging from the ceiling (laughs) and I was like oh my god like now I'm in this awful tragedy and yet I have these people showing up guiding me supporting me and it was like every time I would share a story like that and there was hundreds of them or people were like oh my god Eileen you've got to write a book you've got to write a book you've got to write a book and so eventually I was like okay fine I'll write a book and that's where the journey really began um so do you want me to just keep going yeah (laughs) keep going good story I'm covered in goosebumps already (laughs) yeah so my first you know beginning of writing the book was I had this girlfriend of mine, Julie, who would call me every Friday morning at five o'clock my time in the morning because I wasn't sleeping a lot, um, just going through grief and stuff. And so she would help me take notes about these stories. So we would start capturing them. And then I was living in California at the time and we moved back to Maryland. And when I got back to Maryland, I felt, I want to say like healed enough that I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to write this book that I said that I would write. And that's actually when I got introduced to you through our our mutual friend, Bob Saima. He's me to meet Christine. She's amazing. She works with authors. So I was like, yes, I want to work with you. And so I did. And so that was, I would say like part two of attempting to write this book. And we did a lot of work. We did a lot of transcription. We, I went to your, um, your retreat and I met a, through that actually a wonderful group of authors that I actually still am connected with through mostly social media, but every once in a while we, we talk. And so I had this group now that was supporting me. After we did our work, I was still like, I don't know why I'm writing this. Like, I didn't want it to be a how-to grieve book. I was like, I'm not a social worker. I'm not a therapist what about my story is unique and interesting. And yes, there's miracles, but so I put it down for a long time and people would say, Hey, how's that book going? And I'd be like, I am going to write that book. Can I (laughs) just say like, that is the question that someone who's had a book inside of them for a while, like really usually does not like hearing. Um, because yeah. it's like, oh God, don't bring it up. Like I haven't worked on it in years or months or decades or whatever it is. Yeah. So, uh, you started getting yeah. that question. <laughs> yeah. And I, th- one of the reasons I really wanted to do this podcast with you is because I want to give hope to those authors that are in my not life experience, but it's like this book that's in them that isn't quite coming or whatever. And it's frustrating. And it's like, because you just don't know, right? Like, is this ever going to get out? And and I'm also one of those people that does get a little embarrassed. Like if I say I'm going to do something, I'm like, I got to do this. So sometimes that's like all I had. Mm. I was like, I said I would do it. I've told enough people. Like I ran a stupid marathon because I told people I would run a marathon. Like I was like, I can't <laughs> not run this marathon and not run it very fast, but I did it. So anyway, fast forward. Um, so I think we met probably about 18 months, maybe. No, no, no. Like a year after Brian died. It was fairly fresh and new. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I wasn't ready. I mean, the reality was that meeting with you and writing at that point was healing, but it really wasn't the story that I needed or wanted to share. So fast forward write this book, write this book. And I went through so many iterations of like, is this a book about 
my late husband, who was this amazing entrepreneur and, you know, small town boy from Canada that grew up, you know, as teachers, as parents, and like, you know, created these amazing companies. Like, is the book about him? Is the book about uh, grief and how to grieve? And I'm like, what is this book? And then um, someone said to me, Eileen, just write it like a story. The story is inspiring in and of itself. And I was like, well, that I can do. I can just write the story. I don't have to worry what people are going to think about the story. They're going to do what they want with the story. So it's a traditional memoir. And when I kind of got into this space of like, okay, I'm just going to write a memoir. It actually got easier. And then the final thing that pushed me over the edge to finally do the work that needed to be done to get it out was, so the story I share in the book is starts on December 22nd, 2011, when Brian's plane went down and I take you through my grief with my children who were eight, seven, and four at the time. And I take you through that healing and then opening up myself to loving again, which was no small feat. And then miraculously meeting my new husband, Mike, who I 100% believe and share stories about in the book. Um, my late husband introduced me to through dreams and, and signs. And then through the even more miraculous journey of me being able to get pregnant at 46 to have our our child and our family's child and really let go of having to fix the family and creating a new family. Mm. And it was when I was actually pregnant with Zach um, that I was like, I'm, I was me. I'm think I've met with like a probably dozen, at least a dozen professionals like yourself in th- this process, coaches, you know, co-writers, you name it. I've met them. And I was sitting with this, this woman and um, I was pregnant And up until that point, I had never asked if Mike even wanted our story was even going to be in the book. And then I got it. I was like, oh my God, this is the whole story. This is the whole arc. This Mm -hmm. is the story I am meant to tell. And then I went home that day and I was like, Mike, are you cool with me putting our story in the book? And, you know, it sounds like a fairy tale and it is a fairy tale, but it's just like a fairy tale. Like, there's some bad things that happened and it wasn't like easy when we got together and there were struggles and all that. And I was like, I got to write the whole thing. Are you okay with that? And he's like, yeah, sure. Of course. Then it still took me 18 months <laughs> um, of hard work, but then it was easy. I want, I know that sounds maybe odd, but it was like easy to be motivated to continue to work on it. Like I was no yes. longer resisting it. I was no longer um, dreading it. It wasn't easy to write the book by any stretch of anyone's imagination, mainly because I'm, I'm not a natural talent of mine. And I hired this, another wonderful woman like yourself, actually also named Christine um, <laughs> Fadden to take to work with me on it. But it was a joyful, painful process. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And I think for yeah. so many authors, like I'm so grateful you're talking about this because especially in the space that I work in with authors who are writing transformational stories, who are taking on this experience of writing their book as a transformational vehicle, not only for themselves and for their readers, you know, but then for the business that they want to create around it for the world, you know, at large, like how can this book really have impact? And when you're sharing and that kind of impact and transformation happens 
when an author is really real and authentic and vulnerable and true and like pulling back the curtain, you know, on their own life, their own pains, their own heartache, their own successes to really connect with the author and show them, you know, what it, what, what it looks like, what it takes. And it's like, without that kind of authenticity and vulnerability, I think like your readers really miss out on, on the totality of who you are and what you can really bring them. Yeah. Um, so I just, you know, I want, I want you listening right now to really get that, you know, it isn't always going to, I mean, maybe you listened to my um, uh, episode last week with Christine Meyer, which was amazing. If you haven't listened to go back and listen, um, but you know, it can be easy, but even she was talking about it's overall, it can be easy, but not without these moments of difficulty, these moments of like, ah, oh, you know, like really feeling like you just can't do it. And then you have the rewiring, the shifting, the, you know, perspective that either you gain yourself or someone else helps you gain. And you're like, oh, wait a second, like I can do this. So through all of these ups and downs and, you know, it was a seven year journey, yeah. right? I mean, it yeah. happened in 2011. We started, um, we met, you came to my event. I think we worked together somewhat in 2012. Like that's eight years ago, right? And yep. the book is now out. <laughs> so yeah, 2020. Um, it, yeah. Um, yeah, Earth Day like, 2020. How, it took it took that long. <laughs> how but, did you so don't give keep, up if you're listening. <laughs> yes, yeah. big message about don't give up. Um, if you feel it inside of you, you know you have to do it. You absolutely can't give up. So, like, how did you keep going through it? Because I mean, you like you had to stop for a couple of years, like because like you said, we worked so closely together like very close to the event. I mean, a year out, you're still mothering three young kids and trying to navigate this whole thing on your own. You know, like there is a lot going on. Yeah. Um, and then you, you took a gap for a few years. Like what, what was it or what wisdom um, or suggestions do you have to the person who is kind of feeling that um, like, Oh my gosh, is this ever going to happen? Like how, how did you keep going? Yeah. So, well, there's multiple things I wanted to say, but like, so there's a lot of times transformational authors experience, well, they do, they're experienced their own transformation and, um, and that's what they want to share. And so, but I would say for myself, I needed to have time and distance from the transformation to actually be able to share about it powerfully. Mm. I needed that. I don't know that everybody needs that, but I needed the time and the perspective of it. But meanwhile, during that time, and I share a lot about this in the book and I reflected back on time, like that first year, that first two, three, four, five, six, even in the process of getting pregnant, which was only four years ago, um, the book came out this year, um, taking notes and like, um, sharing the story because you are learning the lessons at the time and then they become part of who you are, um, to be shared later. So like capturing those moments, but having some patience and some grace and some compassion for yourself in like, I'm collecting my stories. I'm writing my stories. I know what I want to share. and then. I keep trusting that I know when I, it was, it was a very spiritual experience. And I imagine most of your people that follow you also have that experience of like, it felt like, Oh my God, this, I mean, the fact that it got published on earth day, like 
that's Brian was in the solar energy industry. Like the first thing we ever did for his legacy was on earth day and timing. I wanted it to come out earlier because it's time to fly and then stuff happened. And you're like, well, you've got to give publishers time to like six months and at least to like, blah, 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 blah. I was like, Oh, well look at that earth day. And then for it to come out during the pandemic. Right. So Mm -hmm. which I think, you know, was not part of my plan, nobody's plan, but I think it's perfect. But anyway, so I feel like having some trust in the process, some trust in like knowing you're, you're supposed to share your story. You want to share your story and keep working at it. Um, keep putting the words to the page and, um, and getting help. I think, I don't know, maybe that, I don't know why that's coming to my mind to say, but it was just like getting support for it. So like reaching out to people like you, other author coaches, editors, uh, groups of other authors, like getting yourself surrounded with people that um, will support you in those times when you're like, ah, screw it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> it. It takes a village. It really, you know, like they say, it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. And it's like, it takes a village to write a book. Yeah. You know, it, it really does. Like, I know there's these visions of like, you know, whatever, you know, Thoreau on Walden Pond and these authors walked away in the woods at this cabin, you know, yeah. off the grid and, you know, like eating rice for weeks, whatever, you know, the vision can be. It's so not the reality, especially in today's day of life and distractions and, you know, the world, uh, you know, where it is, if you don't have support, like if you don't have your village and your village might only be one person, yes. but at least have someone. There's, someone, there's someone there. Yeah. Great point. All right. Didn't want to interrupt you. Just no. want to make sure. No, that reiterate it. People yeah. got that. Yeah. yeah. Good. <laughs> That's important. Yep. Yes. Very important. <clears throat> so for not quitting, really just like sticking with it. And I also love that you talked about allowing yourself like the time, like you got to this point where you realized, you know, I just, I need to step away and process more and experience more of the transformation so that I'm not in it while I'm trying to write. I just also wanted to make sure that it, like nobody missed that point. Cause that's huge. Too many people try to write like you know, too soon or while they're in the middle of it. And, you know, sometimes that makes for a really juicy, powerful, um, cathartic and potent transformational writing. And other times for other people, it's like the exact opposite of what they're supposed to be doing. Like there is no exact way that this is supposed to look. Um, It's supposed to look like what works for you. And if it takes seven years and multiple starts and stops, but a continued thread of desire and throwing your book bag over the fence by telling people you're doing it and having them ask you about it, like set yourself up for success, even if it takes years, Um, you know, there are things you can do to set yourself up for success. So I'm just curious, like, what else do you feel like you did to really help you, you know, fly um, after this tragic accident and your husband's plane, you know, went down just miles from where I live. Um, like how, and this isn't, doesn't necessarily have to do with uh, like the book writing process so much. Um, but right now, I mean, we're living, we're living in an interesting world 
And, you know, many people feel like, what, like time to fly? Like, you got to be kidding me. Like, you know, we got COVID going on. We, you know, just had the election, um, which I'm recording this before the election happened. So I don't know what happened. So that's why I'm not, you know, saying anything about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not reflecting on that. But what I do know is by the time this airs, there will have been an election um, and something happened. We know that much. Um, but like, really like time, like now is time to fly. Like this world is kind of going through an evolution. Like we've never seen before. Um, like just, what do you, what can you share about just the concepts of really embracing, you know, that no, it actually, even now, um, can be your time to fly. Yeah. Thank you for asking that question. So, um, you know, I think anyone who's experienced experienced trauma before, you know, a sudden loss or any kind of trauma, like a major event that you weren't expecting to happen in your life. Like one of the things I did and had to do and like my body and everything for was like called for me to do is like, just pause, like slow down. And, um, because like my go, go, go-ness, you know, before Brian died, like three little kids were, you know, constantly going. And then I was like, I physically couldn't, right. I'm like, I could barely get off the couch, but in that pausing and that slowing down, it's actually where I could see those miracles. It's actually Mm. where I could appreciate, holy crap. Like there's like people just loving so much my family and because I I paused and I slowed down and I don't know where I heard this I'm you know this I'm not you know I'm not the author of this and I don't, I'm not sure who is the author but like that whole idea of like this isn't happening to me this is happening for me um that mm. perspective of like okay this is for my growth and I feel like I did a lot of spiritual work after Brian died and I share about it in the book and other things I, you know, not that I didn't want to share, but just can only write so much. But, um, so I felt like during that time, there was a huge spiritual growth opportunity. Not everybody feels that and not everybody views it like that, but that is how it occurred for me. And I feel like in this pandemic time, I was like, oh, here I am again, or here we are again. And I think it's even more potent now because it's like, it didn't happen just to me and my immediate family. Like Brian's death was just, you know, like a small subset of us, but like, this is a worldwide, you know, event that's causing everyone to shift and change and pause and look. And I think we're so uncomfortable in the unknown that we want to human beings, myself included, like to like get through it. Let's just get through this. It's so uncomfortable. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what the impact is. Am I going to lose a family member? Am I going to lose my job? Have I already lost my job. Like all of the things like, I'm. it's like nuts. But I feel like if you, if we pause and listen and listen to our own hearts and our own, um, you know, take that time to really reflect and it's not happening to us. It's happening for us. I think there's some things like that are, have been pushing at it. Like those little gnawing things that are like, Oh, like for myself, at least like in our, my family, um, I'm not sure I'm ready to share exactly what it is, but there's been like some major change possibilities, um, you know, that were like, 
it's pressing on stuff it for is. everyone, like and everyone, not. you know, if there was something kind of brewing, like it's really up right now. And either it's getting a lot worse or you're awakening to it and you're seeing it begin to get better because you're like, okay, not now. Like if I'm not going to do something about this now or make this right. shift now in the middle of this, like, you know, a lot of people I think are feeling like it's never going to happen. You know, we've been busy over here serving authors because like, there's a lot of people going, Oh my gosh. Okay. If this is the world we're living in, like I got to make a choice. Yeah. Like, am I going to make it my time to fly? Am I going to do those things that have been, you know, niggling at me that I've been ignoring? Am I going to make this shift to live my life in a different way? So God forbid, you know, COVID does take me, um, right. you know, like I've done what I'm here to do. I yes. think people are really yes. kind of like having to face that in a way that maybe we haven't ever before, at least, you know, in, in modern day. No, um, and so, not yeah. at this scale, not for like, yes. I would say there are definitely people that have, like myself, who've had an experience yes. where I'm like, oh my God, the preciousness of life. I, you know, I was 41 when Brian died. I, I mean, I thought we had all kinds of time. I thought we had, all, you know, an entire lifetime. Brian was 38 years old. Like there was no, you know, message anywhere. He wasn't sick. Like, it was like, holy cow, we really don't know. We act like we know. We live in a world like we know what's going to happen. But, you know, and then things happen that are completely out of the blue. And COVID, I think for all of us is that type of event, but it's not just like a few people. It's like, all the people. And it's interesting to kind of watch how all the people are dealing with it. It's, you know, we, we deal with it like human beings deal with it, right? It's like some people are comfortable and some people are not, and some people resist it and some people are leaning into it. <laughs> so, you know, it's, um, but I, I invite people to lean into it and, and um, yeah. And to take that pause and yeah. to take that break and to slow down enough to like be present yeah. to yourself and where you're guided next. And, you know, to see the miracles that are there, like if you can look outside your window and, you know, mm -hmm. see, uh, see a bird fly or see a squirrel run around or see a flower on a bush or a leaf on a tree or a needle, you know, on a pine what? tree. If, you know, you're listening to this when you're like looking outside and it's winter. Like if you can see any of that, like you can take a moment, you'd be like, oh, life is lifing, you know, yep. like yes. life yep. is lifing. Yep. Um, and sometimes just that pause and that reflection gives you that moment where you break the go, 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 as you said, and, and, and there's something new that becomes possible in that moment. So, you know, I, one other thing I was just thinking of, as we were reflecting on this, it's like, I think the big, it's like the OMG, right? Like the, the fear of things, right? Like we do, we act a lot because we're afraid of um, what we think might happen. Right. And then when, like in my case, like the worst possible thing could ha actually happen, <laughs> right? Like yeah. my husband did die, right? Like, and I'm still here and I'm happy, right? And I'm living a joyful life. Now I wasn't living a joyful life when it first happened. Don't, don't <laughs> mishear me. But, um, but I went through that. I leaned into that and I made it and like life is happening. There's, and beautiful things are happening. And this wonderful man who loves me and the kids and we have this beautiful baby and none of that would have happened if I didn't have that tragedy. So 
that's like the other thing, like we're so worried about what might happen with COVID or what might happen in our lives. It's like, we we're resilient, amazing human beings and we can, we'll make it through it. <laughs> we will. Yes. 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 And I just want to, I'm just going to share one little snippet of the story as then we go into my final question here. But um, like if you paid attention to the date that Brian's plane, he, he was flying it himself. He was flying solo across the country and his plane went down just miles away from the, the um, private airport here in York. And if you listened earlier, it was December 22nd. The plane, he was coming here for Christmas the plane was full of Christmas gifts for, for their three kids, right? And Eileen, even in that place, managed to, like, make a Christmas for her kids when, like, everything that was planned went down with the plane. So, like, no matter what you're facing, like, even in the moment when it feels like, Oh my God, like I, I will never even be able to walk again. I don't even know if I can breathe again. Like, you know, whatever it is you're facing, like let I, and definitely go get the book. Like we've got a link or you can just go to Amazon time to fly um, by Eileen Robertson Hamra. You'll want to definitely grab a copy or go to the show notes. You'll see a link there to take you to the Amazon page to purchase it. Or of course, you know, you can go to uh, whatever Barnes and Noble, like Indie bound, whatever your preferred, you know, online book buying is. Um, and go do that for sure. But it's like, let that little last little story that I shared also just help you know that you have a strength inside of you that you may not even know that you have, but you've got it. And no matter what, I believe that you can, you know, pull yourself up um, and allow it to be your time to fly no matter what's happening around you. And Eileen, I can't think of anyone, you know, better to really share the message of uh, that. Yeah. You know, time to fly. I remember when you shared me that, I think I was bawling when, you know, I like the whole vision of all the, you know, just Christmas going down with your husband and like everything. And like your kids still had a Christmas, you know, like, can I, I have to tell you the the part two to that story, which is the, okay. So, summer um december 22nd is the winter solstice right it's the darkest shortest day of the year three days before christmas zach our new baby guess when his birthday is december 22nd no the summer solstice oh are you serious i am not joking (laughs) and we um, we live in Chicago. We live in Chicago now and we took an Uber to the airport and, um, we forgot the cord blood kit when we got there. So my husband was like, he's like, Oh my gosh. So he took the Uber back, driver back to the house, got, got it, whatever came back. And he's like, Eileen, you're never going to guess the name of our Uber driver. What's his name? He's like, Allah. I was like, are you serious? Hospital to have our baby on the summer solstice. No, it's like, it, it was like, that was so unbelievably, I was like, that's why I had to write this book because I want people to also know like there's miracles yes, ready for you. If you're willing to get through those moments and, and lean into those moments and heal what you need to heal and open yourself up because God will drive you to the airport to have a big day on the <laughs> I mean, how crazy is that? (laughs) There is a divine destiny, right? And I think that divine destiny is that we all fly. 
that we all fly. Yes. And your story is yes. such a beautiful yes. example. Eileen, I want to thank you um, for your time, for your, you know, just your generosity of spirit, for the blessing of, you know, having me work with you early on in this process. It was really, it was something to witness you so close. Um, and at the beginning of really like bringing this, this book to life, um, just thank you for being you and for being such a light in the world. And I do again, encourage all of your readers to go grab the book. Um, but all of your readers, well, yes, hopefully you're all readers, but all of you listeners here to the show today, <laughs> I encourage you to go grab a copy and read Eileen's book, Time to Fly. Um, and just thank you, Eileen, so much for your time today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. And as always, to my amazing listening audience, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being the kind of person who is showing up, listening, absorbing this, letting it get into your bones, and really seeing yourself as someone who also has a light to share, who also has a message to share, and who, you know, hopefully after listening to Eileen today and listening to these podcasts, you're like, you know, is really going to do it. Um, you know, I want you to do it because it's in there as part of your divine destiny or you would not be hearing me speaking these words right now and you would not have heard Eileen's story today. So um, that's all I want to say for today. So until next time, everyone, happy writing. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Get Your Book Done. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to everything we talked about today. And if you want my help with your book, head over to christinecloser.com to learn more and get a free copy of my book, The Transformation Quadrant, which will show you how to blueprint your book in 15 minutes or less. The Get Your Book Done podcast is where the leading conversation is happening for transformational authors everywhere. And I'm grateful you tuned in. 